guys, welcome back to Walworth Scotland podcast. This week has been so... There's my phone just buzzing because I forgot to put it on silent. It has been so warm. It has been so hot in Scotland. Well, I say it's been very hot. It's totally not as hot as what other people are used to. It's been like... I don't even know what it is right now, but it's dead sunny, but... I would say it's probably about 15 degrees right now maybe, I don't know, or maybe it was planned to be that today and maybe it's got into like the 18, 20, I've actually not checked it so this is absolutely pointless really but my point is, is that Scotland has sun, which by the way, if you're not from Scotland, I'll let you in on a little secret, the weather is a big deal. The weather in Scotland is the biggest deal of a person's day sometimes. It's all we talk about, it's all we moan about, it's all we want to talk about and we always want more than what we've got as well. We're never happy with it. So today the sun is absolutely slitting the trees, the sky is blue but someone somewhere in Scotland will be complaining. Trust me, that's a fact. But yeah, so it has been hot and we call, well, what we call this is taps off weather. And if anybody not from Scotland, because you'll have no idea what I'm talking about if you're not from Scotland, taps off weather means when you take your top off because it's so hot or it's such a nice day. Or to be honest, it could be five degrees, but it's sunny. So therefore half the country think, Well, it's a sunny day, so I'm taking my tap off because I'm going to make the most of this sunshine. I mean, it's a deluded logic that Scottish people have that as soon as there's a little bit of sunshine, no matter how warm it is, if there's sun, you take your top off. And we call that taps off weather. So that is literally just a little fact for you about Scotland, but yeah. So that's literally, we're all still in lockdown, we've been given another three weeks as well, which I think we're coming to the end of like the first week from the second bunch of three weeks. To be honest, I'm completely lost at this point as to where we are and what we're doing. Like I've lost track all the time. I'm not used to not working. I've worked since I was 13 years old. And I've never not had a job since I was 13. So it's really weird. And even like when I was like early teens, late teens, 16 to 20, I had three jobs at the one time. And I went to school. And I went like, and then when I left school, I went to uni and I still had jobs. So it's weird just being in the house all the time when you're not used to it. And don't get me wrong, when I'm not at work, I'm in the house doing nothing. So it's not as if I'm really missing anything except work. And is that, I mean, I don't know because I don't really miss work either. I miss working. I miss being busy. And I kind of miss the the stress of the job, if that makes any sense to anyone out there that's listening. Feels like I'm just on a really long holiday, but I've not had anything to do. I don't know. Guys, I think cabin fever's setting in today. This is why we have such a long intro over the last couple episodes. 
is because I've not been talking to anyone else. I've been talking, well, I mean, I've been having the odd conversation with people via phone call. And obviously I live with my boyfriend as well, so I speak to him, but he's getting sick of me. So you guys need to be the next best thing for the people that I talk to and I just randomly talk rubbish to. And I've nominated you, lucky you, to sit and listen to it. Anyway, I will stop rambling now. You can tell (laughs) that it's getting to me. So today, I am going to talk about a man called Henry John Burnett. He was executed by hanging in Scotland and Aberdeen and he was actually the last man to be hanged in Scotland and he was the first in Aberdeen to be hanged in years like I think it was something like I don't even know maybe like a hundred years or something let me let me quickly look at it so yeah he was executed in 1963 and There wasn't a hanging in Aberdeen since 1891. So that's a good chunk of time where nobody had been hanged in Scotland. So it's actually quite crazy that someone was hanged in the the 60s because I actually thought that you couldn't do that in the 60s in Scotland. So that's quite interesting to me that someone was hanged in the 60s. I mean, that doesn't even feel like that long ago, to be honest. Well... I don't know. It depends on how you look at it, I suppose. We, like, I think it's even, like, I don't think my mum was even born in 63, to be honest. Anyway, I digress. He was tried for murder and obviously found guilty. And it was of a guy called Thomas Guan. It's G-U-Y-A-N. And I'm really sorry, but I'm just guessing that it's Guan. So we're going to go with that, but I'm sorry if it's wrong. So Burnett's trial was between the 23rd and the 25th of July 1963 at the High Court in Edinburgh. And as we know, he was sentenced to hanging. He was executed on the 15th of August 1963 at Craigenchie's Prison in Aberdeen. And it was carried out by the hangman Harry Allen. That was a bit of a tongue twister. Harry Allen was the hangman. Wow. So let's go a bit into the background of Thomas Gowan first. He was married to Margaret May on February 2nd, 1957. A year later, they moved into a first floor flat at 14 Jackson Terrace, a house owned by Margaret's grandmother at the time. Annie Henderson. A son was born to them in September 1958 and they had a second in February 1961. However, the father of the second child was not Thomas. This led to obvious marital problems, arguments. I mean, your wife has just had a baby to another guy. It's gonna lead to arguments. Let's be honest. So all of this came to a head in 1962 when Margaret had consulted with a solicitor about the possibility of a divorce from her husband. So this was Thomas Gwan. But he was like 
I refuse to divorce you. And I think back then it was both people needed to agree for it to happen. So, and I don't even know if that's maybe still the case, I don't know. But basically, she wasn't getting a divorce unless he said, and he was refusing. So she wasn't getting a divorce. Then in December of that same year, she went to work at John R. Stephen Fish Cures, where she met a new admirer called Henry Burnett. A relationship soon developed between both of them and by May 1963, Margaret had moved out of Jackson Terrace with her husband and moved into a new address at Skeen Terrace with Burnett and her youngest son. So the son that wasn't the husband's. But we don't know who the the father is on that one, so I don't know. Um, May 31st, 1963, Henry Burnett believed that, given the chance, Margaret would leave him. So, he was dead paranoid. He was basically saying that he had no trust in Margaret at all and that if he didn't, like, keep her locked up, then she would leave him. So that's that's exactly what he did. He used to lock her in the house when he would go to work and things like that and make sure that she couldn't leave him, which is a bit psychotic anyway. It's not what Margaret was into, obviously. She was definitely getting to the point where she didn't want to be with Henry anymore because there's no way that she was the type of woman that was just like yes dear you can lock me in the house and go to the pub and go to your work and I'll just sit in the house locked in and can't get out and blah de blah she wasn't into it it wasn't happening so one day she bumped into her estranged husband Thomas Guan and she agreed with him to go back to him so she's obviously thinking that the grass wasn't greener on the other side for her and she's crawling back to her husband is what's happening so at 4pm on May 31st 1963 Margaret went to Skeen Terrace so the house of her and Henry to collect her son Keith and one of her like friends, a family friend Georgina went with her basically for moral support like this is what we do in Scotland like if you're having an issue with your man you better know that your best friend is gonna be like right at your back right at your back she's gonna be standing in the background letting you do all the talking just ready waiting there for backup to jump in and go what the fuck you saying mate about my pal because we all do it but it's a hundred percent sure like a sure thing I know all of my friends have done it on multiple occasions for people I have done it on multiple occasions for people like showing up in the car my friends went in getting all our stuff out of the house firing it in my car I'm sitting there ready to drive away as soon as there's any sign that the person that we're getting away from and the toxic relationship isn't coming and then it's like Joe in the car let's go fuck you so basically this is what these women are doing as well so it's nice to see that with time things don't really change to be honest we still have each other's backs 
So Georgina, Margaret, go to the flat, picking up the, their stuff, getting the sun. As soon as Margaret announces her intention to go back to her husband, Burnett had like cried, you're not going to leave me. And basically like was just shouting and bawling and Margaret, Margaret, you're not going to leave me. You can never leave me over and over again. He drew out a knife, he put it to Margaret's throat, backed up with her into the, the house and closed the door behind him. So obviously Georgina, fearful of happening what's inside, she was banging on the door and demanding that Margaret got released. She was screaming and shouting, causing a massive scene. So obviously Burnett's no into that. Minutes later, Burnett threw open the door and he just took off. He just ran. He just ran away and left Margaret like just shaking. But she was pretty much unhurt by him. She was just really shaken up. And the two women basically just did what they had to do and get straight back to Jackson Terrace, which was Thomas Gwan's house. Well, technically it was Margaret's gran. I think it was her gran. Was it her gran? Was it her auntie? Can't remember. But it was... I'm going to find out because that's going to annoy me. Oh, it was Margaret's gran. Yeah, so Jackson Terrace is Margaret's gran's house who gave it to her and her husband. So they're going back there. Burnett went to his brother's, who was called Frank, and told him what happened. His brother had urged him to go to the police. Don't know why, to be honest, but fair enough. But Burnett was set on revenge, and when he went to Frank's house in the city, he he basically went to borrow his gun. Frank's wife had been told never to lend the gun to anyone, so when Burnett arrived on the door asking for the gun she's no you can't have the gun but Burnett forced herself into the house and like busted open the cabinet and stole the gun along with the shotgun cartridges as well then he boarded a bus that took him to Jackson Terrace from wherever he was in town he arrived at Jackson Terrace and forced his way inside Georgia was screaming she was like screaming at him that he can't come in. Thomas Gwan jumped to his feet to see what was going on, what's the problem, what's all the commotion at his door. And as he opened the kitchen door, it was met by Burnett carrying the gun. Not a good show for Thomas. A shot rang out and Gwan fell. Having been shot in the face from close range, that would have done a lot of damage a lot of damage because it was a shotgun and in shotguns there's pellets that come out as well i'm not a gun expert we don't have guns in scotland or anything so i don't know but from my knowledge there is pellets that come out so a shotgun is the nastiest shot to get from a gun as far as i'm aware that tears you up so if you've been shot at close range in the face I don't even want to imagine what that looks like, to be honest. That's that's not that's nasty. Burnett then took Margaret out of the flat at gunpoint and took her down the stairs and he was threatening the young boys in the flat and he was threatening the there was some younger boys that live in neighbouring flats and I think they had came out to see what was going on. He was also threatening them to shoot them if 
he said anything, that kind of thing. Basically, Burnett dragged Margaret all the way down the lane outside, down to a garage on Seaforth Road. This was where John Innes Irvine was filling his car with petrol when Burnett demanded that he take the car. Irvine tried to stop Burnett, but there was just no way because Burnett was wielding a shotgun and threatening to shoot him, so he was giving him the car at the end of the day. And if you think about it, this guy, Irvin, just sitting, filling up his car with petrol, next minute this guy with a shotgun, acting crazy, holding a woman, demanding your car, pointing a shotgun at you, clearly abducting the woman, you're going to just be like, take the keys. Obviously, you'll phone the police and stuff, but, I mean, if you're just yourself and a guy's got a shotgun, what can you really do for the woman? If you try and be a hero, then... You're not going to be able to phone the police and tell the police which direction they took off in and etc, etc. So it makes more sense for this guy Irvin to just shut his mouth and give him the keys and then get on the like the phone to the police. So that's exactly what he did. The police were right on it. They started following the car, driving about. They went further north towards Peterhead and they were driving for about 15 miles before they pulled the car over and it was a town called Elon. He offered no resistance when he was arrested. It's also crazy that he obviously didn't have a plan because he was just driving like for 15 miles with police cars behind him and then he just like randomly pulled over in a wee town and then was just like, yeah, okay, arrest me, and that's it. So what was his plan? Because I don't get it. He's just drove away with her. I think it's just been heat of the moment. You're coming with me so you never leave me and he didn't have a plan and then obviously when he's getting chased with police and things he's he's not got a plan so he's not oh I'm going to drive us here and murder suicide or whatever that people usually do in these situations <laughs> in the movies. But yeah, he was just like okay I'm caught, that's fine. At the trial, Burnett's defence was that at the time of the crime, he was insane or, alternatively, that this was a case of diminished responsibility. Both defences failed, though, and the jury considered the evidence against him for about 25 minutes before they basically found him guilty. The court heard all about Burnett's mental state. It was revealed that he had been really violent in the past and he'd even attempted suicide on a couple of times. His mother and father both appeared in the witness box. His mother broke down in the court, which is super sad. I always feel if your if your mum and dad are like decent, normal people and you turn out to be a crazy psychopath killer. I feel like the mother and father are like just victims as well because you don't raise your child to be a sociopath, you know? Don't get me wrong, some people come from bad backgrounds and then I 100% blame the mum and dad for being a piece of shit to their son or daughter. But if you have nice normal parents and you're out there 
killing people or acting crazy psycho towards women, then that's all on you and that's that's all on you. That's crazy. So he was sentenced to death, both his own family and the victim's family's petition for his reprieve. So yeah, that's quite crazy as well. You don't get to see that very often, don't you know, where the victims try and get it stopped. So that was obviously Margaret, I would imagine. Like it doesn't say here who or what, but I would, reading into that, I would imagine it was Margaret that was obviously saying that she didn't want him to die for what he did. But I suppose that's why we don't have like death sentences anymore, is because a lot of people were coming around to that belief at that time that, I mean, that's just not what's done. There was no appeal for Burnett, though, even like considering that all this people were petitioning for it not to happen so on august 15 he was executed and there was about a crowd of 200 people gathered outside the jail to see it which is quite a lot of people considering the area and as well it would have been a big thing like thinking about it like someone hadn't been executed in years years and years and years tens and tens and tens of years that people had been being ex- executed in Aberdeen all of a sudden there's this guy going to be hanged he was also the last person to be hanged in Scotland I can't remember if I said that or not but that was the last person that was ever hanged in Scotland so I mean that's quite crazy so we've already done the last woman to be hanged in Scotland in previous podcasts and we've also done the last man to be hanged in Scotland. So there's your running theme for the month, guys. It's quite crazy. I just, I find it crazy that this only happened in the 60s. Somebody was hanged in Scotland in the 60s. Now, I know it's different for other countries because other countries have different rules and laws and things like that. But for me, living in Scotland, you just don't think about like death punishments or anything like that. It's not really like, that's like a very American thing just coming from me. It's, I know that some states are still legal as far as I'm aware. I'm, no, I'm like 100% positive they are. And uh, I don't know how to feel about that. I suppose it's different because we've never grown up with it and like our parents haven't grown up with it either where there was the possibility that if you done something really bad you could die for it so but then I wouldn't say that our crime's like super bad here either that it's warranted I mean <laughs> I say that like <laughs> all I do on this podcast is talk about the crime in Scotland and then I'm like ah but guys it's not that bad <laughs> As I'm talking about, like, people shooting people in the face with shotguns. God. (laughs) I wonder what I say sometimes on Facebook, because it's hilarious. But anyway. (laughs) So, that is Henry John Burnett, the last man to be hanged in Scotland. I hope you guys enjoyed that one, and enjoyed my ramblings as well, because I was super bored today and I needed somebody to talk to so I picked you guys (laughs) lucky you I just noticed as well that the other day 
I was re-listening to one of the episodes and I can't even remember which one it is now but at the end you can hear my neighbour's lawnmower in the background and it's like a wee hum that goes on for like five minutes and I didn't notice until like I re- re-listened to it and this was after like I had edited it all and finalised it and uploaded it and I was like oh my god how did I not notice that that's so annoying it was so annoying but what can you do listen half years might not even hear it and if he didn't hear it you'll probably hear it now so you're welcome for that also <laughs> um I don't have in mind what story I'm doing for next week I've got two already recorded but I'm saving them because they're big ones they're exciting ones and I really want to put them out at like a special time as well plus I'm not sure if I'm happy with them either because they're such big stories for Scotland that I'll kind of want to do them justice if that makes any sense so yeah I'm just trying to record new things that I've seen as well but yeah if you like this episode then please leave me a review pop on to Twitter or Instagram check out the pictures I'll upload some as I always do, please leave me some comments as well and just follow social media. It's the I like having conversation with you guys as well. Some of the stuff you guys put up on Instagram is hilarious as well. Like it's so funny. See all this. I'm, I mean, I know it's such a bad time right now and I'm not trying in any way to make anyone feel bad but See some of the jokes that are going about like the memes and stuff about the coronavirus and being on lockdown and stuff. It is just a bit of light hearted fun. That is all it is. And if you have ever been to Scotland before and if you've if you ever known anyone that's Scottish before or if you're from Scotland then you know that the way that we deal with crisis and the way that we deal with anything, anything at all is humour. Like, we do not take ourselves seriously at all. And we make jokes about ourselves all the time and our flaws and everything. And that's just a way that we deal with things. It's, it's like a culture thing, 100%. There's just nobody that I know that would be offended with having a wee joke at a time of crisis. So I just want you to know that if there's anything that is funny then I would share it if I found it funny but it's not meant to offend anyone but I get that there's people from all over the world listening to this podcast because I can see it and it's great by the way I've seen um like Canada, Hiya Canada, America, what's up, User, the most listeners are from America just now yes thank you very much and there's Australia and the UK as well so wanting to get loads of other people from different places but anyway aye people are from different places in the world we have different humor we have different everything that we do in our day-to-day lives and all that kind of stuff so please don't be offended i don't ever 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 want to offend anyone but i might make jokes every now and again that might be uncomfortable so pre-warning also um 
there's maybe a few things that I haven't shared just on purpose because I know it might offend people. <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm a bit like, but then if I share it, I'll share it on my personal account, no problem, because I mean, you can follow me on there if you want, that's absolutely fine, but just know that it's not going to be like edited the way that Lawless is, because Lawless is for everyone, yeah, like that's for everyone, it needs to be kind of clean so that everyone can enjoy it. But at the same time, like, maybe jokes about world leaders will be on my personal account. Things like that. Just because I don't want to offend anyone non-lawless, you know? Anyway, so I've, I've still rambled for like another 10 minutes after me saying that I'm basically going to go. But, okay. I'm definitely going this time. Right, okay guys, thanks for listening again and I hope you have a great week. I'll find something cool for next week as well. See you soon. Bye.